One of the hardest problems that family historians face is an empty branch on their family tree. It's each and every time they conduct family research, they'll think, oh, that empty branch on that on my family tree. That elusive ancestor who just seems to have just disappeared into thin air. It's a dilemma that each and every one of us have faced at one time or another. Make no mistake about it. It doesn't matter if you're a professional genealogist, you've been doing it for 30, 40, 50 years, or you're a hobby genealogist, you've been casually researching past 10 or 20 years off and on, or you're a brand new family historian just getting started in with the game of investigating. Doesn't matter. We've all faced it. One of the key elements in locating that elusive ancestor who just seems to have just walked off the face of the earth is maintaining a positive attitude. That's one of the most important aspects of finding that your ancestor. But we're going to discuss more strategies and tips today. Hi, this is your friend Carol with Piedmont Trails. And today's show is going to give you some strategy tips, some guideline points that will hopefully guide you to finding that ancestor who just refuses to be found. One of the things many people seem to forget as we get lost into documents and materials and various court records, land deeds, and so on, I could go on and on. One of the things that we kind of get lost in is about that the individuals that we are researching, they lived unique lives. It was a unique life. I stress unique because each life was different. Each life went down a different path. And in saying this, with certain individuals from within the same family, they may have branched out to a completely different journey. May have changed their name. May have um, embarked on a, a whole different career in another country. You just don't know until you start investigating. And I'm going to use some strategy tips that I have been able to used through all the years of my genealogy research and and finding some of my lost ancestors. I'm going to share that with you today. I'm going to share some other key points and I want you to look at this not so much as a personal ancestor or a family member. Don't take it so personal. I want you to kind of divide yourself from this lost ancestor and look at it as an investigative research. If you'll do this, it'll help you to maintain your positive attitude and it will also guide you in different directions. So I urge everyone to grab a pen and paper if possible during the podcast and if you can't, just keep some of these tips that I'm going to share with you today in mind and then when you go back to your research and you're looking at that empty branch, you'll think of some of these tips and hopefully they will guide you in the right direction in finding that ancestor who just completely disappeared into thin air. 
<laughs> so let's get started with today's show. I'm excited about this. Um, yeah, let's get started right after this break. Are you researching your ancestors through the colonial period? Are you discovering the migration trails they took while they traveled from one area to another? You know, one of the most misunderstood aspects of the colonial period is that our ancestors during this time never traveled. That's not true. They traveled all the time. They lived adventurous lives and learn more about these early migration trails on Piedmont Trails website. The scope and theme for this month of September is adding these migration trails and the learning the history and the details and the people who traveled them. Enjoy your journey to the past and visit Piedmont Trails today. Okay, welcome back to the show. Let's get this started today and get my glasses on so I can make sure that I can read my notes and we're going to get started with the number one tip that I have always used in finding these elusive ancestors who seem to just disappeared off the face of the earth. First, number one thing that I do is I separate myself between uh, my fifth great aunt uh, Jane Doe or whoever the case may be. I don't look at it as a personal problem. I look at it as a issue or a small problem with my family tree. And the number one thing is, what is the timeline of this ancestor? In other words, what's the time frame in which I'm conducting my research? That's critical. That's your number one key thing that you need to pay attention to. Is it during the 1930s? What decade is it? Is it the 1900s? Is it the 1880s? 1890s? No matter what it is, write it down. And I want you to think what is going on during this time period. And you need to think of it on a national level, statewide level, and county level if possible, if you know the county and town level if you know that get as detailed as you can about the timeline period the reason why I say this is because there's different things going on in different areas affecting different people just as it is today it was the same back then if you're researching during the Depression era, during the 1930s, oftentimes people moved during this time period, especially for individuals who lived more out west. They were, they were constantly moving. Um, I have relatives who were living in Texas who migrated further west during this time period to California. So, and they were very hard to find because they they weren't located on the census records and they weren't located as owning any property. They were sharecroppers, so there was very limited information on the actual documents. But then I come to find out that they ended up changing their first names as well. Was this common? Yes. Yes. So start out with your timeline. 
and figure out exactly which time period you are researching and then discover on a national level what is going on nationally and I brought up the 1930s because you had the Great Depression and in each every decade of our national history there is something going on there are some type of events going on there is not one decade where there's nothing happening it's not true and these these events affected our ancestors and how they lived their lives and whether they moved from one area to another if you happen to know the state or the colony in which they're living in at that particular time what's what events are going on during that t particular time period could have been the American Revolutionary War could have been the Civil War and if you had, can even down point it down to the county then learn more about what's going on on the county level number two thing is what about the other family members okay what led you to this particular individual whom you can't find information on something led you to that empty branch what was it family members so take those family members and get all the details that you can about them court records land occupations was there a migrations that occurred within these family members? What happened to the other siblings? Did they migrate elsewhere? Say, for instance, they were living in North Carolina. Did they migrate to Kentucky or Tennessee during the 1700s? So using your timeline, using your family members who was associated with your individual of whom you can't find any records, find out everything that you can of what's going on with these steps one and step two timeline and getting details about the family members create a plan and write it down write down what you know versus what you don't know and use this form and now you're ready to begin your research now some of you may be thinking well how am I going to use this information and how is it going to lead me to my ancestor of whom I can't find don't know their name, don't know their birth date, don't have any information whatsoever. How am I going to use this information? Okay, now you are going to write timeline events on one section versus family member events on the other. You have information about particular family members that led you to this empty branch that's what you're going to be concentrating on you're going to be concentrating on those family members of whom you have information about write it down if it happened during the Civil War period write it down it doesn't matter what the timeline is you're going to have timeline events versus family member events you're going to have timeline events versus family member location versus census records versus court records you see where I'm going here I hope so <laughs> versus land property ownership versus occupation each and every single note from those family members that you have that led you 
to that empty branch, you're going to write it down. There are going to be clues and hints that are going to guide you on a journey to find this elusive ancestor. Okay. Some of you may still be lost, so I'm, I'm going to give you a, uh, an example of one of my ancestors and how I use this process. This ancestor is Felix Motzinger, and oftentimes during these podcasts, I will refer back to my Motzinger family because I have um, traced them all the way back for many centuries now, and, and mainly it is due to the success of the surname. But, you know, surnames change, and the Motzinger surname is no different. It changed all throughout many, many centuries it changed. So, during the mid-1700s, 1760, I came across my ancestor, who happens to be my seventh great-grandfather. And I had an empty branch, his father could not find him, did not have any information about him at all, no name, no date, nothing. But I did have information about my sixth, um, seventh great-grandfather of Felix. So I knew he arrived in North Carolina during the 1760s. But where did he come from? He was a, a man of age who could acquire property so it seems that he traveled alone with his family from some place but where was it so I had to learn more about the events and what was going on in the area and there was a, a heavy migration going on during this time period there were many people families traveling from northern and middle colonies down to North Carolina and why because of the land that was available. So this led me northward. So I began looking through Virginia. All did, but nothing came up. And then I began further going north. And finally, eventually, the trail led to a little small town in Pennsylvania. And I was able to locate him. So this is an example of using your timeline versus the information that you know. And it is a step-by-step -step process. It's not gonna be, oh, I can go online and I can type this in and oh, there they are, okay, great. No, <laughs> it is not gonna be that way. It is a step-by-step -step process. You know, all family historians are dedicated to wanting to know more. And this is a natural, um, trait that we all share and I consider it a, a within us a born a natural born talent because to me personally I think it takes a personal talent to want to seek out this information and we'll see you'll see what I mean the more in-depth you get using this process and finding your elusive ancestors who seem to have disappeared into thin air you'll see more and more of what I mean as you travel along different paths. Now, oftentimes family members would travel back to where they came from. And the more in-depth you get with the family members of whom you can find records about, 
you will run across this. You will find a time period in which, oh, they seem to have disappeared. There's nothing going on in their lives. They're not trading at the local store. They're not um, buying merchandise. They're not, they don't have crop reports. They're, there's something, something's going on during a few months here. They're not here or a few weeks or whatever. Get as detailed as you can about the family members that led you to the empty branch because when you do this and then you associate that with the timeline in which you're researching, you are going to have the adventure of a lifetime. Tracing my Felix ancestor led me to overseas and when they first came over and arrived in Philadelphia during 1735 and I was able to learn the details of their story and it was fascinating was it accomplished in a week or a couple of days no it took years and when I reached that plateau and I was able to discover that empty branch ancestor and I was able to apply name birth dates and death dates but then I was able to put down in writing his story, his unique life, and why he came to America, and it was fascinating, and that's what leads us forward, the wanting to know, got to know. Now, to make a long story short with my Felix, the reason why they came to America, they became associated with a religious group who was planning to come to the colonies and create a religious settlement of Lutheran faith. And they were successful in doing that. However, their or original destination was not Pennsylvania. It was North Carolina. But due to ship um, problems that they had, located over in when they departed from Rotterdam they had to not they weren't able to get on the original ship that they had planned and the ship that they were able to cross over the Atlantic with was not headed to North Carolina it was destined for Philadelphia and so therefore that's how come the family ended up in Philadelphia during 1735 a man of the he was my ancestor was a man of his word and he continued with the the congregation helped to establish a church and a small community in which they actually even had a school and other various buildings that are located within this small little town in southern Pennsylvania at 30 years later they had the opportunity of migrating from Pennsylvania down the Great Wagon Road into North Carolina and acquire land. And it's ironic because North Carolina was their original destination. And I would have never known this if, if I had not taken the time out to use the process that I have laid out for you today using the timeline versus my family members and then traveling and walking the same footsteps of my ancestors and learning their story. I also have other ancestors who migrated to the Dakotas during the Homestead Act and uh, filed a claim and due to grasshoppers um, 
eating their first two years of crops. It was devastating. And they only stayed there in South Dakota for a couple of years and ended up moving back towards the east. However, they didn't come back to North Carolina. They, they stopped around Missouri and a couple of them went into Kentucky. To think that our ancestors stayed in one spot, one location, okay, they found a nice piece of land and they stayed there and they lived the the rest of the remainder of their lives. It's ludicrous to think that. Yes, I do have many ancestors who actually did that and they stayed put. But oftentimes, just as in today, you know, there were unique mem family members who wanted to venture and and see what life opportunities were available for them elsewhere. Also, you need to take in consideration with this type of research is criminal activity. And I have family members, and I'm sure each and every family has some elusive ancestors who hold dark secrets and kind of scary things inside of their closet that once they're revealed out, you're, you're just amazed and at times you're shocked. I have one ancestor who was um, apparently on the run from the law during the 1920s and was traveling across the plains of Kansas and all throughout the Midwest and trying to change his name, taking on various different jobs and just getting in all kinds of trouble. And he lived a unique life. That was his life. So getting more detailed about the family members that led you to your empty branch will get you, give you clues and hints to get you started on your trail. Once you're on the trail, stick with it. Stick with that particular trail until it produces nothing. And believe me, when you use this process, you're going to find all kinds of adventures. You're going to find a lot of trails that produce nothing at all. But when you stop and, and sit back, once you've completed the task, and then you think about your journey and finding and filling in that empty branch, what a story and what a fascinating research. Each and every one of the ancestors whom I had difficulty in finding has led me to so many fascinating discoveries and I could simply just sit down and, and talk about those all day with you guys. I really could. It has been fascinating. So the first thing you need to ask yourself before you even get started, how important is it to you to fill in that branch? on your family tree. How important is it? For me, it was, I had to do it. I had to find out what happened to them. I had to find out where they came from, what was their story. And the more I got into it, I had to know more about the story. I had to know what, what details led them to live such a unique, different life outside of the regular family members. They lived so far away. Did they ever communicate? Did they ever write letters? And in some cases, I have found a few letters from my uh, criminal ancestor who actually kept in contact with his family. 
he he was very dedicated to his family, but he he just lived a life as a criminal. Um, I also have another ancestor who left his family and children completely in South Carolina during the early 19th century or during the early 1800s and he just completely left. He, he left and he went west and he ended up marrying again and had another family and it's so ironic because years later he got in touch with his children from his first marriage and it's amazing of the lives that our ancestors lived and you know for me it was vital to know the details and their history and and to understand them more better um, I wanted to get to know them as much as I could so for me it was very important to fill in those empty branches on my family tree I hope today's show has helped you if if you're even more confused than what you were before, <laughs> don't hesitate. Get in touch with me and let me know. I'm glad to help you. I'm always here for each and every one of you. All I want to do is just to share the tools and the information and the research tips that I have learned all throughout the years and just share them with all of you in hopes that it, it helps you along your personal journey and filling in those uh, branches on your tree. So, in review, remember, it's your timeline and your family members. And if you'll notice, I'm not mentioned very much at all today about surnames. Um, surnames are important, but when it comes to this type of research, your number one thing is going to be your timeline period, and the number two thing is going to be as much detail as you can find about the family members that led you to that empty branch on your tree. Alright everyone, coming up on Piedmont Trails we're going to have uh, new articles on the website. Um, I'm not going to release the details of them yet because it's going to be a surprise. And be sure to visit PiedmontTrails.com during the month of September as I am adding migration trail history from the 18th century. It was the most traveled time period for our ancestors. They traveled everywhere um, looking for new opportunities and in order to prosper their families. So be sure to visit PiedmontTrails.com to learn more about the early migration trails and the early forts and the early settlements along the way. Our ancestors left an amazing trail to follow. Enjoy your journey today to the past. And thank you for joining me today. God bless.